takeaway here is you don't have to tolerate anything. You don't have to go through this holiday season walking on eggshells, getting steamrolled, feeling uncomfortable, having your joy and peace stolen from you. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't owe anybody that. You don't owe, uh, you don't have any sort of obligation um, to let someone treat you that way. Um, don't feel guilty about having boundaries and expectations. Don't feel guilty about wanting to have peace and joy in your life. Um, those are never things that you should feel guilty for. So, you know, more power to you, however that makes you feel confident, uh, but you don't, you don't owe anybody anything. Hey y'all, Katie here with Mom Nation and welcome to another episode of Our Love Story. We know being in a relationship is hard. So Diana Isel, certified couples counselor, and I talk through different tips and tricks to help you navigate your relationship and get through everyday life. While you're here on your favorite podcast platform, please subscribe to our channel or if you'd like to visit us on YouTube and watch the video, our handle is Mom Nation USA. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good morning, Mom Nation. It's us, it's Diana and I, and we are back for your monthly dose of Q&A with a couples counselor with the lovely and talented certified couples counselor, Diana Eisel. What's up, Diana? Hi, how are you? Doing amazing. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Keeping up with all the holiday hustle and bustle? Yeah, absolutely. I'm loving it. It's a little right. chilly outside, but I'll take that too. <laughs> it is a little chilly outside. I was just telling my husband, like, I don't say, cause I'm come from New England. So I don't really say anything to my family about, you know, freezing my buns off at 54 degrees because I think <laughs> they would just stop talking to me. <laughs> well, you know what? You go out to the, you come out to the desert and like your blood thins out, you know, I'm from Colorado. So you would think I'd be able to tolerate 54 degrees, but Heck no, nah, I got my heated seats on and everything. Yeah, yeah, me too. The heated steering wheel. It's so bougie. I'm like, oh my gosh. You gotta do what you gotta do, you know? Anyway, before we jump into today's topic, everybody, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a good friend of mine. I actually just got this amazing wire wrapped pendant. Um, I'm not gonna say who for because she might be listening on this uh, on this podcast today, but I'm not gonna say who for, but I just got an amazing wire wrap pendant from Essential Charm, and that is my friend, Sheena Clark. They specialize in handcrafted items such as goat milk soap, which she makes from her goats. Love that. Right? She has goats, she lives on a farm, and she actually, like it's actually from her goats, which is super cool. Um, she makes lotion bars and jewelry. The jewelry is actually her specialty. Sheena is such a sweet little thing if you ever met her and she's extraordinarily creative. Every piece is custom uh, um, or should I say different? So love that. No two sustainability too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and yeah, like I said, she's, she's getting into the, the, the soaps and all of that fun stuff. I think she's got beard oil and, and all sorts of things going on. So definitely check her out. I put her link. She's on Facebook and, and, and it, it is Essential Charm on Facebook. And I stuck her link in the show notes. So check her out when you have a chance, Diana. I know your Christmas shopping is already done because we've had this conversation. I'm but done. I'm done. But you know what? Those sound like some great stocking stuffers or some last minute gifts for those that aren't done yet. Heck yeah. Or maybe you just want to get something for yourself because, you know, we deserve presents at Christmas as mamas. 
Heck yeah. I'm super supportive of getting your own gifts too, right? Like, yeah. you can't do that. It's part of self-care. This is what we talk about. <laughs> right on. Well, let's just jump right into the topic. I think you guys are going to really relate with this one today. Um, can you see this little message on my screen? Awesome. So we had a write-in and I don't know if you guys out there know that you can write to us. You can write to either Diana or I um, right into the show. Maybe you found us on your favorite podcast platform because you looked up Mom Nation Talk Radio. Um, you can message us there as well. But if you have a question or topic or something that you want us to go over, it's all yours. Please, please message us and we love it. So Send one it of the mamas, in. what's that? Send it in. Right? I know. I love it. I love the communication. So one of the mamas took us up on it, Diana. Love it. I'm here for it. And here it is. So I'm going to read it for those of you who are just listening to the audio here. Um, so she messaged and she asked me, hey, do you have any past episodes on the, the in-law dynamic? Like mm -hmm. specifically with mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, like you got anything? And I said, well, you know, Diana and I have touched on that topic a couple of times sent her the link to the playlist, but I said, you know, is there a specific conflict happening or something going on? I'd be happy to dive deeper, you know, into that on the show. And so she wrote back and she said, there's a lot. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, my husband and I were talking the other day and it was brought up that my mother-in-law swore that she was going to have a good relationship with me from the beginning. And she wasn't going to repeat what her mother-in-law did to her. Well, now my mother-in-law and I don't have the best of relationships because of boundaries being crossed and inappropriate comments and expectations. I made the comment to my husband that when it's time for me to have a daughter-in-law, I would do everything in my power to have a good relationship with them. He said that this is a dynamic that has been around since the dawn of time. So my question is, what is the root cause for this continuing dynamic and how can we get the cycle to end? Woo. Wow. <laughs> I would say, first of all, that sounds a little dismissive of husband to say that this is just the dynamic. This is just how it works since the beginning of time. But no, it's not necessarily required to have a strained uh, relationship with your in-laws. So, you know, the last question or the last statement was like, how do we stop this dynamic from happening? that actually is the answer is the husband and kind of looking at the husband's relationship with his mom, because mm -hmm. that is going to indirectly shape the relationship that she has with his mom, right? So mm -hmm. if he has a really healthy, secure, attached relationship with his mom, it's going to be very likely that she's also going to have a healthy relationship with the mom as well, because they've established boundaries in their relationship. And again, they feel securely attached in their relationship. It's when there's an insecure attachment in that relationship that we start to see some problems. So mm -hmm. potentially mother-in-law feels threatens, potentially mother-in-law feels she's not getting um, enough time or attention from her son as she used to, or mm. that she's not husband's number one priority anymore, her son rather. Um, right. So that was not in control. Yeah. Yeah. And when we don't have control, we feel anxious and that's a vicious cycle, right? Anxiety is a lack of control and we will try to find a way to get more control and oftentimes in not so healthy of ways and behaviors. So 
to look at this dynamic of daughter-in-law and mother-in-law being strained, it doesn't have to be that way, but to expect a very healthy and secure attached relationship between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law while the son and mother's relationship is not securely attached, is going to be an uphill battle for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I guess my, my next question would be, or to dive deep into this, deeper into this, what are healthy boundaries and expectations? Like, is there, you know, some rule book out somewhere that we can get, that we can follow, or is this more a case by case or what have you seen uh, commonly in your patients and in those that you speak with? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a one size fits all type situation or scenario. I think it really depends on the relationship again, between the adult child and their mom. And as we know, trauma shapes our attachment styles and also shapes um, just our relationships with people and our personality traits. So oftentimes we just say like, oh, well, that's just our personality or that's just how I am. Well, that was shaped somewhere. It didn't just come out of nowhere. Right. So is sort of a relationship by relationship thing. But most often what I see is a strained relationship between daughter-in-law and mother-in-law because there isn't a transitional boundary period between the son and the mom, right? Like as we are raising kids when they're younger, our relationship with them changes. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get worse. It just changes. And we Mm -hmm. have to sort of adjust our parenting styles to what our kids need in an age appropriate way. And part of that when our kids become adults is letting go a little bit. Mm. And that feels heavy and feels like a loss. It feels like we are losing something, but instead of losing something, we're changing the relationship and we're changing the dynamic to be something different. It doesn't have to be like a a complete loss of the relationship, it's just going to be different. And while that does feel like a loss to some people, it's, that's totally okay that it feels that way. And it's also totally okay to grieve it, right? It's totally okay to grieve the relationship that we might've had before with our kids. And now they're adults, it's different. You can even look at that at a micro level when our kids are really small, right? Like Katie, your son and my daughter are around the same age. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's been moments where you grieve, like when he was like three and it's, oh, he's so cute. And he says, Paschetti and he's yeah. the cutest little thing, right? He's still very adorable, by the way. Thank you. But, you know, we grieve that. We grieve that where they were in their life and our parenting style has changed, right? We don't reach down and tie their shoes or, mm-hmm. you know, prepare their snack and, as much as in that moment, it feels like a lot of mom stress, right? We miss it and we grieve it. So you can relate to that on that level. Just imagine what that's like when he becomes an adult and starts living his own life and you're having to let go little by little by little, starting in like his teenage years, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when we as moms feel very resistant to that change, oh no, like we're going to have the same type of relationship forever and ever, and we're going to be best friends forever you're setting yourself up to not only be really disappointed, but you're also setting yourself up to do some real damage to your relationship with your adult child in the future. And to his, because now how is he going to explain that to his wife, that there are actually two women in his life, you know? 
Absolutely. And also what his expectations might be of his wife with their kids, right? Like, what does he expect that to look like or not right. look like? So, right. so, and I, I'm probably, I'm not even going to lie. I'm probably going to be one of those moms, Diana. I have one kid and I'm, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to let go even a little bit. Like it's oh going to be difficult, but I realize the, that it's a healthy thing to do. So at least I'm that far, you know, at least I, I have an understanding. Um, but what do you suggest to people who are maybe, you know, maybe they've been stay-at-home moms the whole time and now they're empty nesters or it's getting to be to that point where their kids are 16, 17, 18, they got their own lives. Like what can the mom do since the kids have been her existence for so long? Maybe she has older kids too. So maybe she's been like in this for 20 plus years, you know, but what advice do you have for a mom that's, that needs to transition into her life being her own again, like get a hobby? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a really great question. And, you know, optimally, of course, hindsight's 2020. So moms, if you're finding yourself kind of in this, like in flux right now, like, I hope you take something from this, but don't forget who you are and what your identity is, right? Like you are not just a stay at home mom, or you are not just a mom. Like you are also like a person with needs, wants, desires, passions, hobbies, like you are all of those things and all of those things are incredibly valuable. And the more in tune we can stay with ourselves while we're doing the whole momming thing when our kids are younger, the easier that transition will be to sort of pick that back up again when we have the opportunity. And not only is it good for us to have that, to stay in tune with ourselves and our identity during those years, but it's also amazing for our kids to see. Yeah. To see that like mom has, you know, mom goes out with her friends, you know, every other Friday and they go to dinner or mom really likes to, you know, go watch football with her friends or she likes to go do this or play cards or you know whatever the case may be is so healthy for our kids to see that to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that not only is she mom but she's also she has an identity as well that sets them up for really good expectations for when they themselves are adults and not over giving to somebody and they have their own good boundaries for themselves and their own identity Totally agree. And I think it could probably bleed into the partnership as well. So when they have, you know, their, their wife comes along or their husband comes along, whatever the case may be, um, you know, I've witnessed and even been in some relationships before where the partner kind of tries to not necessarily steal your identity and make it theirs, but like remove it from you. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe that, person will be a little bit more flexible and and think, yeah, you know what? My wife or my husband, they can go out with their friends. That's a normal thing because they've kind of experienced that growing up. Does that, am I being clear? And and does that make sense? And is that like a thing? That's called secure attachment. When we can allow our partner to go and do their thing and fill their own cup independently from us, right? Like our own self-care and our own interests are just as important, if not more so than the time that we dedicate towards our relationships. Mm -hmm. And then I have, I want to kind of circle back to the part in the message from this mama where she had said that, you know, husband said, it's just this way. It's just been this way since forever. And it just is what it is. 
Um, in my particular experience, I'm pretty sure you know this, but um, uh, Matt is my second husband. And so um, I was married previously. And so I've had um, the opportunity to have two mother-in-laws, right? And so I have an ex-mother-in-law, if you will, and then the wonderful mother-in-law that I have now. Um, with the ex-mother-in-law, something that I noticed as I look back with a healthier mind than what I was in in my 20s, because I got married when I was 21, um, I didn't have a good relationship with my mother-in-law, but I'm pretty certain as I sort of, you know, analyze it now, uh, I'm pretty certain that wasn't her fault. I'm pretty cer certain she had a great relationship with her kid and vice versa, and they were all pretty secure and comfortable and amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was me. And I'm pretty sure that I was simply mimicking what I had learned from my caregivers. And so my caregivers, one of them in particular, never liked the in-law um, or in-laws, never had anything nice to say. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess I just assumed, like this husband said, that's just is what it is. And that was sort of my expectation going into the relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a factor? Totally. It's so like socially and culturally in our country, at least to be acceptable to have a strained relationship with your mother-in-law. Like you see it on like TV shows and movies and there's jokes and like, it's just, it's there everywhere you look. It's like this big punchline to not get along with your mother-in-law, but it doesn't have to be that way. If we have enough self-awareness to realize that like, no, I, I don't want that for us. How can I forge a different type of relationship that is going to still require some help from, you know, the husband, this is a system, this isn't right. an individual thing, you know? So in as much as I hear, you know, you taking some accountability for your relationship with your ex-mother-in-law, it's still a system. You are still responsible for 50% of it, right? So mm -hmm. whatever conflict or whatever went down there that was still it was still half hurt too right like that's just how all of our relationships work there's a give and take there's the balls bouncing back and forth so everyone has a role and has a little bit of accountability in that but the social and cultural quote-unquote acceptance of having a toxic relationship with mother-in-law is certainly not helpful um mm. it, along the same vein as um while we are getting better, I'll preface with it's 2022, we're getting slightly better, but it's still not great for men to show their emotions, right? Right. It's still not great. It's still not um, acceptable. It still doesn't feel good. It's just one of those things that like we still have to, as a society, continue to work on so that we can improve our relationships with each other and raise boys that are emotionally aware and securely attached men. So society and cultural differences for sure, but also, you know, what is the husband's mindset around this? Is he open? Is he um, accountable enough or can he be self-aware enough to recognize like, hey, maybe that was my impression is that's just how it's supposed to be, but consider that there maybe is another option and how could I help with that? Is there something that I could do to take an active role in improving that relationship or trying to at least untangle um, what appears to be an insecure attachment here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love, and, and I know that this is something that we always circle back to on every single episode, and I love communication, honestly. Like, I think so many things can be solved by just sitting down and laying it all out on the table and being like, hey, this is me. This is what I got going on. This is my goal. 
this is what I'd really love to see. How can we get there? And you share the same thing with me. And, you know, so, so my second time around with this second set of in-laws, it started off just the same, not really good. Um, you know, a lot of tension. And once I had that realization, so we all know I've been on a therapy journey. We all know that. Um, so once I had that realization, I went out to dinner with them, just them, no husband. And I sat down and I was like, look, here's what I've experienced in my life. Here's the traumas that I'm aware of that I'm working through. Here's why I react the way I react to certain things. And I really just want us to be cool. And I really want to have a good relationship with you because you know what? We're not all here forever. And my husband and my son really adore you. And so how can we make this cool? And ever since then, gosh, that was, I don't know, a year or two ago, two, two, maybe, um, ever since then we've been amazing. It's been a phenomenal relationship. I probably communicate more with my in-laws than my own parents. So do you suggest something like that? Sure. I mean, absolutely. And in, in your case, that was obviously a success story, right? And to your point, communication is critical in any sort of relational situation, but even more so than communication, what I heard you talk about is vulnerability. And that is far more uncomfortable than just a simple conversation or some sort of communication with somebody else. It's the ability and the comfort to push through the discomfort of being vulnerable. You said, this is what I've experienced in my life. This is sort of where I'm coming from. This is what I'm struggling with, you know, in a relationship with you guys, like level with me here that required some balls, frankly, to be that vulnerable. And that like, here I am, like, if, you know, my armor's all off. So if you're going to throw something at me, it's, you know, it's, it's going to hurt. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you did that and you had that vulnerability, but that is really, 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 really difficult to do even more. So if you don't feel like maybe your spouse has your back, Yeah, I'm not sure from this post that she feels as though her spouse has her back. Um, If she had that, I think that would give her a little bit more power, a little bit more confidence to be vulnerable and get herself in that space with mother-in-law to say like, listen, obviously our relationship isn't ideal. It's probably not exactly what you had in mind. It's certainly not what I had in mind. Like how can we sort through some of our differences and come to some sort of common ground that feels at the very least healthy, right? For our kids to see, for us to experience during the holidays, get togethers, like those sorts of things. So again, it does come back to how can I get support from my spouse so I can feel more confident being vulnerable to make changes to that relationship. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It was probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever done. Um, And there were lots of tears and I felt like I had to be clear with them so they understood where I was coming from because we all have different experiences that shape our thoughts, our belief systems, um, our personalities, all of that. And it's hard to, I mean, you can't assume why somebody is the way they are. I mean, I suppose you can, but are you going to be accurate? Um, and so I felt that it was, it was necessary for them to understand, Hey, this is why I trigger like I trigger. Mm -hmm. But that required some awareness, like you knew, right? Like, as you said, you've been on your therapy journey and like learning about yourself and things like that, things that trigger you, stuff like that. Not everyone's aware. Like we just have a reaction. 
we just, we hear something, we see something and we have a reaction. And then we think later, like, what was that? Where did Mm. that come from? What's my problem? You know what I mean? Or we may not even have that sort of self-awareness. It's just like become so deeply ingrained of who we are that we're not self-aware enough to recognize how our behavior is affecting some of our relationships. So again, that requires some introspection, some vulnerability to see like, what has happened in my own life, my own experiences, even past relationships that have caused me to have maybe unrealistic expectations of some relationships or identify what some of my triggers are in relationships that make me think or feel that way um, and take me down this, you know, distorted thought train that's really hard to come back from. So yeah, self-awareness and, you know, really exploring who you are and where you come from is important. Mm -hmm. This is why we promote self um, or individual counseling, right? I mean, it's important. It's important. It's so, so important for other things to work. Um, But something that you said in all of that, Um, I feel like is important and very, very timely to bring up is you had mentioned seeing these people at holiday gatherings, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure lots of us are doing this month. And I'm sure that it's causing some, obviously my bangs are driving me crazy guys. Sorry. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of get togethers, things going on. And so this is, I don't know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the holiday season is probably the biggest opportunity that family members, you know, may have to come together, whether, whether they're from afar or whatever's going on. Um, and it's not always pretty, is it? Nope. (laughs) No, unfortunately it's not. And so in a situation where, you know, maybe there's some strain and there's the obligatory dinner and the Christmas Eve and the, 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 um, what advice do you have for somebody that's just trying to maintain, like, I, look, you know, we're not there yet. We haven't had the talk. It's still strained. Yeah. I just want to get through so that my peace isn't disturbed. My kids peace isn't disturbed, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're not like in a position where you're feeling really confident enough to like rock the boat, so to speak, right? Like maybe these in-laws are coming in from across the country, you see them twice a year, you know, like you don't want to sit down, you know, before Christmas Eve dinner and say like, Hey, our relationship sucks. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Right. Not right to do that. Um, so, and that's totally fair. That's, that's totally, totally fine. But I would encourage you to anyone who's listening, who has that sort of complicated or difficult relationship with in-laws or any extended family members is identify what feels gross, like identify what behavior, what observations, what, whatever it is that does not feel good. If you can identify what does not feel good, then you can move to step two, which is what boundary of mine is being crossed right now? that doesn't feel good, right? So identifying what that boundary is and then right in line with the boundary is sort of step two and a half is what are my expectations? Are my expectations that this is going to be um, look exactly like this or is it going to look exactly like this? And figure out what your expectations are going forward. If that expectation is like, well, I guess I'm just gonna suck it up and deal with it. That's certainly your choice, but you certainly don't have to do that either. You are entitled to have whatever relationship expectations you have in your life. People are also entitled to not 
live up to or fall in line with those expectations, but that's not on you, right? Your expectations should be set based on whatever, whatever your boundaries are, whatever feels comfortable and healthy for you. If they decide to play ball, great. If they don't, well, that's, you know, a further conversation for how you can sort of navigate that. But identify what doesn't feel good. Identify what boundary is being crossed. What is my expectation with this relationship here? Um, and sort of explore that and go from there and then determine at what point, if ever, you decide to sit down with them and have some sort of conversation about how you want their relationship to look, um, then at least you'll have some, some basic information about where you want to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that and totally agree. And I think, you know, having kind of... Um a gauge on, on yourself too, when you're in this situation, when you're sitting around the table, when you're having dinner, like, are you one that makes, um, you know, snarky comments or are you one that, uh, sort of prolongs the tension by doing things like that? And, you know, where maybe in, in a sense that feels good because you're kind of clapping back a little bit. Probably not the best place to do it is at the family table with the kiddos around and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like recognizing emotional reactivity, right? Like identifying again, a trigger or something, a boundary that's been crossed, identifying what, what is that like reflex to do that, to come back with that snarky comment or something like that, you know, and that does require pause to think like, why do I want to say this right now? Or what is feeling so attacky or so gross right now that makes me want to say that or do that sort of thing? You know what I mean? And without that self-awareness and you continue to have that emotional reactivity, you're probably not going to get the type of relationship that you want. It doesn't mean that you have to be a flawless communicator all the time and you're never reactive and you're just like this, like, robot thing like that's not realistic everyone's going to be emotionally reactive at some point but identifying again going back to what your role is in this relationship in this situation or even just a simple conflict in any conflict what is my role in this how am i accountable it's not about blame blame is not what we're chasing here but like what is my what is my role in this and if my emotional reactivity is playing a role in sort of deteriorating or breaking down this relationship then i need to take a look at myself and see how i can you know pump the brakes on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally agree especially in that type of setting yeah you know with the family and the kiddos and and everything happening well there was a lot of juicy bits in this particular episode diana absolutely Thank you. And to all of you out there, you know, hopefully this helped. Hopefully this helped answer your question, anonymous mom. And hopefully this is just going to make your holidays a little bit brighter. Um, If you have a chance to put some of Diana's advice into practice and my heart goes out to those of you who are struggling with this. And I'm just, I'm sending out a bunch of strength for you to be able to do what I did and just sit and 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 if that seems like it's something you want to do, um, sit with your, with your in-laws and just really talk Turkey. Ah, see what I did there? Talk Turkey. I see what you did there. And even if you don't have to have that conversation or you don't feel comfortable having it, takeaway here is you don't have to tolerate anything. You don't have to go through this holiday season, walking on eggshells, getting steamrolled, feeling uncomfortable, having your joy and peace stolen from you. You don't have to, you don't have to. 
you don't owe anybody that you don't owe uh, you don't have any sort of obligation um, to let someone treat you that way. Um, don't feel guilty about having boundaries and expectations. Don't feel guilty about wanting to have peace and joy in your life. Um, those are never things that you should feel guilty for. So, you know, more power to you, however that makes you feel confident, uh, but you don't, you don't owe anybody anything. Totally agree. I love that. That sounds like a juicy little clip right there. <laughs> well, thank you, Diana. If our audience thank members you. would like to get in touch with you, maybe they have some questions, maybe they want to consult, maybe they want to see you and use your services. How can they do that? Absolutely. You can go straight to my website, dianaiseltherapy.com. Upper right-hand corner, you can schedule a free 15-minute consult with me. Beautiful. And I have that link here in our show notes, so it makes it really easy and clicky. So go ahead and click on it. Connect with Diana. This is our last show of 2022. Wow. I know. So I'll see you next year. I'll see you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Diana. And for you out there, if you would like to catch any of our 2022 episodes, because we have just closed out the year, you can check us out over on YouTube. We are at Mom Nation USA. That's our handle. And just scroll down just a little bit and you will see the Our Love Story Q&A with a couples counselor. That is our playlist. We have a whole bunch of, of past episodes there for you. If you are the, the audio version, or if you are the audio type and prefer the audio version, maybe you run a lot, maybe you drive a lot, whatever, then you can check us out on your favorite podcast platform. And that is simply Mom Nation Talk Radio. Give us a search and you will connect. Um, do, do me a favor, subscribe to the channel so that it downloads the episodes so that we can get more of this information organically out to the ears that need to hear it. And then you will get notified every time we have a new show. Love it. All right. Well, until next year. Bye. <laughs> Bye.